Welcome back to the Character Corner Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Deepom here. And we are here. Oh, man. We are, um, I guess we're finally doing it, huh? If anyone wants to start a podcast where we just go issue by issue on Claremont's entire run, I'm down for that. This is going to be as close as you guys are going to get to getting a full-blown uh, X-Men podcast from us. Um, <laughs> we haven't done X character in a while, uh, and then mainly because it's like it's just so much to talk about. Um, but I had the brilliant, some may say foolhardy, hardy um, decision to um, do uh, start doing Chris Claremont's X Men run as a part of our character corner, and um, that is a lofty goal considering this is a man who had like a seventeen year stretch on X Men. Also. Coupled with the fact that legitimately, like before we get started, full disclosure, we love the. I, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you for you. I love this run. Issue 98 is the first comic book I ever read. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, this info, yes, that I, I want to preface all of this by just going to you're gonna hear it from a very much a fan's perspective because I fucking love Chris Claremont's X Men run. Well, let's just put it this way. If you're, it, it is religious to me. If, if you're a fan of the X-Men, then you have to be a fan of Chris Claremont's run because everything you know that is established of the X-Men, for the most part, comes from Claremont. Just about everything that you know that's fundamental about the X-Men, Claremont probably had his hands in it. That's just, that's just a statement of the fact that the man wrote it for 17 years. Um, but also some of the, I mean, let's just go to some of the characters he created. Rogue, Slock, um, Kitty Pride, the Phoenix, the Brood, the Shi'ar Empire, I mean, the Imperial Guard, Leandra, uh, the Shadow King, Proteus, Mr. Sinister, the Hellfire Club, Emma Frost. Like, we can go on and on. He wrote the Uncanny X-Men. Well, let's also ne- talk about some of the biggest tropes of X-Men. Yeah, the fact on. that Magneto and, and Xavier were friends before they were enemies. That came from Claremont. The fact that Magneto survived the Holocaust. That came from Claremont. Magneto's face turned and becoming the head of the fucking school. Mm-hmm. Claremont. All the things. Gambit. He, all you 90s kids who love Gambit, Favorite you're Chris, welcome. Yeah. Chris Claremont. Chris Claremont. If you're a Forge and Storm shipper, Chris Claremont. Or anything with Storm. Like, we're going to get to Storm in a minute because. Yo, don't Because, like, again. If you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, she's based on Kitty Pride. Which means you've got to thank Chris Claremont. Reading through this, so full disclosure, I, and I said this when we were doing, and by the time you guys listen to this, it might already be out. But um, one of the things in my brilliant <laughs> ideas for uh, one of our rewatches this month, um, because Dark Phoenix is coming out next month, and we wanted to kind of just ram it in there about how terrible how much I don't fuck with the X-Men from Fox. Uh, we're doing a rewatch of Days of Future Past. I'm really glad you don't even call me for these anymore. I, you don't even ask, and I appreciate it. I would never have done that to you. Like, this is one of those ones where I... I really, <laughs> this is one of those ones, out of everything I've done to you, this is one of the ones I was like, that would have been... That would have been disgusting. That'd have been, there, there's a, we found the line, guys. We found the line. Like, I don't fuck around. No, when it comes to the X-Men, I don't... How dare there's a certain thing you take seriously. There, there is a, a man has to have a code, sir. A man has to have a code. And this is my code. I don't fuck with you when it comes to the X-Men. It's like, dude, I, I, I wouldn't want that done to me. 
So I do this, so you don't have to. But no, so I'm, 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 and I'm like thirty minutes. I was rewatching as I was finishing up the the Dark Phoenix saga. So we're gonna, so for this run, so what we're gonna do here with this run, we're gonna go. Um, technically, even though he didn't write it, we'll start with X Men Giant Size One because you kind of got to start there. But this run basically goes from uh, we're basically going what I consider the entire Phoenix run, which you have to do from ninety four, uh, Uncanny X Men ninety four to I believe that's Uncanny X Men one thirty eight, and. Okay, so let's be very real. It's X Men ninety four. They earned you're, you're right, the right. uncanny back you're, you're, during you're, the run. You're right. You're right. You're right. X Men ninety four through uncanny one thirty eight. Um, and I'll get into why I believe that entire because when you when you break it out, people don't break out that entire run as the Phoenix Saga. There's the Phoenix Saga, then there's some other issues inside that people say they don't really matter. But I'll make the we'll make the argument, and I'm saying we because I know Deepon will agree. With you me. know me. Yeah, I know you <laughs> that. The and, and and this goes into why and goes into why the movies have failed and why I know this dark Phoenix thing is not can't do it right. You cannot do the proper Phoenix saga in one movie because it wasn't one issue. It wasn't just those handful of issues. Like what's considered the dark Phoenix saga. I want to say what is it? It's um one. It's one twenty nine to one one thirty eight. Those nine issues. There's so much lead up in the issues before then to what to get Jean to where she's at. In 129, in, 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 in that arc right there, you have to have it all there. It's like you have to go from when uh, right there at 94, when, when Claremont starts that run throughout the entire thing to get the full breadth of what happens and, and why that Phoenix arc happens there. You, you can't really skip anything because it's all, it's all character development. It's, it's in the ent- like if there's one word, if, not one word, but if there's, um, there's two words. That to me, that represent what Claremont means on the, on the X-Men, to me, it's character development. It's character mm-hmm. development. That's it. Like, all the other stuff there, this is one of those, like, th- th- this is kind of in the thought bubble in the panel uh, age of, of comics where every, there's thought bubbles all over the page and there's all these words. This is one of the runs, though, where I'm like, they earned those. Every bubble. Every bubble means something. Every internal monologue by a character matters. It's all there, and it's just this is an this is an incredible this is an incredible run, and it, and it's so so needed. Um, and it's all things to Chris Claremont. This is a man again, Uncanny X Men, New Mutants, Excalibur, Wolverine. We talked about him with Wolverine, you know, because we did the Wolverine art. Like we've talked about a lot of this stuff already because we've done some of the characters. We yeah. did Kitty Pryde, we did Colossus, we did you know we 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 did Emma Frost. You know, and we did and, a lot of X Men. We did, I forget, we, we I have, forget we did a lot no, of X Men. We, 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 did, we, did, we did Cyclops and Havoc. We did the Summers Brothers. We have done some X Men, oh. and every time we do it, we talk about Chris, Chris Claremont stuff because what he said. Shit, we brought up Chris Claremont when we were talking about Carol Danvers. Because yeah, you have to. He rescued Carol Danvers. You're welcome, Earth. Without Chris. God, I, that's. Ugh. I'll say it without Chris Claremont, you don't get a Captain Marvel movie. No, and people like think that that might be hyperbole. It's really not when you look at what where the character was when he grabbed the character. Yeah, what they did with that, what what had been done to that character before he grabbed her, and that goes into why. And we, I'm not going to redo the Captain Marvel thing, but the, you know, for everybody who's to go, well, you know what, you know, she would just miss Marvel. It's like she would have been Captain Marvel if they had followed the plan, and Chris Claremont didn't have to come and rescue her. If he didn't have to come and rescue her yeah. and they had done the, what they needed to do, she would have taken over the mantle of Captain Marvel and that we, it would have been the end of the story. 
That's that what was the end of that series. That's that, how the series was going. That's how that series goes. That's what our arc should have been. They didn't do it. Chris Claremont had to come in and rescue Carol Danvers. And honestly, we're all better for it. You know? But he Amen. rescued her. He did it. And I'll say this. We're going to be talking about this a lot. Um, and I don't say this very much about, you know, white male writers. But Chris Claremont does things with female characters in here that you don't see often. Hell, you don't see what some of the things he was doing with female characters. You don't see that in comics today. Yeah, people right. were saying that's too risky. That's too far. He 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 remains ahead of his time. He was so far ahead of his time because he introduced so many female characters and giving them agency. You know, real agency. Like you know, we'll jump into the, one of the first things again. People go into why 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 don't you like what they do with the X Men comics and, and the movies and and stuff like why don't you like that? It's like like perfect example of this. Are you bring it up all the time. You have Jean Grey is so plain in the movies. You have no mention of her. One of her best friends being Storm. <laughs> Not one of her best friends. That's her sister. Yeah. Like, like the relationship between those two is so well developed. When I reread this, when I start it's rereading so this, when I reread like, this, people are like, "Why are you bringing it up?" You're like a small thing. Like you've never read the material. It's not a small. It's thing. not small. It's not small. It's not small. It's not small. Storm is a woman who is out of place in a strange, strange world, strange culture. This is a woman who doesn't believe, doesn't understand why you have to wear clothes. I'm dead serious. All right. We're, we're, we're dead serious. She does not understand. Why. And, and her friendship and bond that she forms with, with Jean. At one point, there's... So let me ask you this before we even get down into this. How did you read these? 94 through 130. I haven't actually stopped reading. I, I know what we're going to stop talking about. I've just been reading. Look, you said we're doing Queer X-Men. I just started reading. I no, 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 no. So what, what I meant by that is, did you read, like, the actual individual issues, or did you do the classic X-Men? I'm in digital. I'm going individual issues. Okay, so this is gonna be this is gonna be great because I read I, I read it the the classic X Men way the classic X Men one through forty uh, with the backups with the, mm. dude that's why I read it so I did okay I know the backups because of course yeah, I mean cool, I know you'll have to refresh me as we go though. yo the backup so so Rose don't know um you can read this you can read you can read this two two different ways you can go and get Uncanny X Men ninety four through one thirty eight which is what we're gonna cover in this run. Or you can get the classic X-Men 1 through 40. Um, or it might be 1 through 44. I think it's 1 through 40. Maybe it's 44. Uh, no, it's 44. Yeah, it's 1 through 44. Um, and what that is, is they're basically, for the most part, I think they, they, they cut out some, some, some of the work, some of the, they do cut out some of the panels, uh, and, and they do shorten some of the stuff in the classic X-Men run, so you might miss a few things here and there, but it captures most of the, almost panel for panel, the same stuff. They're not even redrawn. It's like, they, they might take out a few panel, panels here and there, but in the back yeah. of each one of them, there's like a 6 to 12 page story written by Chris Claremont, uh, and, it's, it, and I don't know when they did classic X-Men. It's, it's not the same time. It's like, it's, it's a more seasoned Chris Claremont that gives you more information and insight in the individual characters. So you'll get right. one on Storm. So you get one, it's like shortly after, it's like uh, classic X-Men number two or something like that. Like shortly after the new X-Men have kind of, you know, kind of settled into being the new X-Men. Um, and, and, the, and the old X-Men are left. Jean has left the school as well. But she, uh, 
she apparently had told Storm uh, Aurora to come out and visit her in her new apartment. First of all, you realize that she also so Jean Grey doesn't just have Storm as her best friend. She has like two black best friends. Her her yeah. roommate is Misty Fucking Knight. You gotta remember, like these are choices. Like this is none of this is a mistake. Chris Claremont planned all this. He did all this on purpose because he got X Men. He understood it from the concept at the very beginning. Is you build the family when there's no one else around you. And uh, I love it. I'm sorry. This is this. Mm. So you get Storm showing up, uh, and they have this conversation. And they 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 form the bond. But at one point, um, Jean, uh, a little pit pocket comes out and takes Jean's pocketbook and Jean goes after her and Storm can't because it's, it's a tunnel and you know Storm has her, she has this claustrophobia. So her and Jean have this conversation and it ends with, her, with Jean taking Storm's hand and walking down the tunnel with her. Down the entrance of the subway with her. Like, like you said, they're sisters. Like this is a bond. And this is something... Like that- it's one of those things that people like sprinkle in the recent comics but like it's one of the reasons I really love X Men Red is because you got because after Jean comes back from the dead the most recent time, you get her and Storm on the same team and they have those conversations and how much they miss each other and how crazy it is. And it's just people are like, oh, this is so nice that they're friends. I'm like, you don't seem like go back and read what they're touching on. Like this is not just like oh they served a lot of time with the X Men together. This the X Men the point of X Men is that this is a family. And 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 so in the beginning of this run, before you even get so. The, the actual Phoenix saga starts in 101, but that, that, that intro of 94, I would actually say, and, and even though he didn't write it, I think, that, what was that? That was Cockrum who wrote um, Giant Size, right? Who wrote right. That? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Giant Size number one basically has you the forming of the new team, right? You bring in uh, Storm, Wolverine, Colossus, Nightcrawler, uh, and um, um, Thunderbird, and I think... Banshee and Sunfire. Banshee and Sunfire, right? They're there to rescue the 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 old X Men, uh, and when they do, you get the split where the old X Men aren't really fond of having these new this this new team here. You know, Bobby at one point made the joke of what are we going to do with thirteen X Men? And my present day mind, I go write a bunch of books. <laughs> like, yeah, Yo, it's like only 13. Right. <laughs> you guys have no idea what you're going to do. But um, when it's happening, the team saves, but some of the older X-Men leave and you basically get a passing of the guard with this new team. Cyclops stays behind. And issue two, which is so ballsy. Yeah. It's issue two, everyone leaves and you get this, you get this new team. And I will, I will say that to me, this new team and the dynamics that are formed in this new team are where you get most of the your ideas of what the X Men are of a family because here when they first started and, 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 and there's a whole big thing of this throughout the entire arc of because um, you also really I, I think Claremont also really understood that Charles Xavier is a dick uh, he really yes. gets it and drives at home but the difference between the the old team and the new team is the old team they started when they were kids so. They functioned as a team because, you know, when you get them young and you train them young, you train them to be one way, it's easy to kind of smooth over any problems and it's easy to kind of stay in there. This team that they, they formed together, it's not a, it's not a, it's, they're not, they're not a family. They're individual people. You have people, you have people from different, uh, different parts of the world, from different backgrounds. You have Wolverine, who is the ultimate loner. 
You know, same well, thing. Was, same one thing. of those things when they made the giant size team, it was to make it from every continent. And yep. you're right. It's it's this team that's not a team, but watching them become the and that's why I say that from the jump that Claremont understood what X-Men was. Because he knew it had to end up at family. Well, it's and that the journey to get there is the story. Wait, and, and that's the thing, it's like you break apart the family to build them back up. And that's ex- right. from the ground up, which is what Claremont did. Again, he you you take this team of break. Okay, let's issue two. Let's break up the team, break up the norm. All right. It doesn't mean we won't be able to call back and bring back Angel Beast and all the other. We'll be able to bring them back at some points. But for now, let's see if we can sink or swim without uh, the, the the crutch of the old team. You know, and that's what they do. Um, even Gene leaves, and then leaves uh, leaves Cyclops back. But then also kind of again is another one of those things that kind of helps. Um, seed what later comes comes on with the phoenix you know because you have scott so so focused on his work and so focused on the team that even gina at one point when she's leaving basically goes i i, I knew you weren't going to come but i had to ask because scott's not going to leave and and then you build this team back up who a bunch of people that don't work together you know uh sean banshee doesn't work it's just as much of a loner as 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 wolverine is you have um, Shiro leaves before the fucking ink dries. Right, right. It's like, yeah, don't. It basically said, and don't bother calling me. I don't want to hear. It. I don't want to. Don't call me. back. Don't yeah. call back. Um, John Prowstar is is always feel, feels inadequate and feels like everyone knows about you know him him dying. It was, it was like four issues in, maybe like three. Yeah. Maybe not even that. No, no, three, 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 three issues in. Ninety-seven. Yeah, ninety-seven. He dies. No, not ninety-seven, ninety-six. Jeez. Yeah, it's 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 because like, ninety-eight is the ninety-eight is the um because ninety-seven is the Havoc and Scott issue. You're right. Yeah. And ninety-eight is them is the Christmas issue because it's my first issue I ever read. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but they do a good job of Claremont kills his character, but he does also does a good job of establishing, kind of establishing the background on that and, and what happened. It's like him not feeling adequate and, and having this competition with Wolverine and feeling like if Wolverine can do it, I can do it better and all this other stuff. And you, and then after he dies, you have some of the X-Men um, kind of looking back at some of their experiences with him and saying, man, I could have done more, could have done more to reach out. There's, there's, right. a, I think there's another uh, one of those little, uh, little uh, minis in the back where it's storm and, and it's storm talking to John Prowstar. you know, they just do a really good job. Like Claremont does a really good job of just, Getting into the minds of these characters and realizing that, yeah, you know what? They're new. They don't know each other. It's going to take a while for them to gel as a team. They're not going to operate as a team at first. And you know what? That's going to drive somebody like, like Cyclops fucking crazy because he's all about, <laughs> you know, he's all about the team. Um, in the background of that, you have uh, uh, Professor X isn't really any help because he's having, you don't, you, know, you don't know at the time, but he's had this type of connection with Leandra. Who's sending him through all kinds of the uh, second? Uh, Which, by the way, them setting the, him setting the stages for that so early it's just it's one of those things that you and I talk about when you give a, a writer and an artist and a team a lot of runway that they really surprise you, and clearly they had their own way here. I was actually surprised how early it was. Like when you don't when you haven't read it in a while, you 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 don't you don't remember, and you think there's longer there's, there's more distance in between certain things. But there isn't, you know, it's, it, it, it happens almost immediately. You're like, oh, wow. 
I saw that. I'm like, wait, is that? That's probably a Shiar. Is that? That can't be Leanne. That is Leanne. They did this early. They see that so early into this. So much. And again, that's why to me, you got to read all this up previous to what they, what, what, they, what is considered the Phoenix saga. Because by the time right. you get into one on one, you already have all this stuff established. You know, you the, have the, 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 the groundwork's been, been laid. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. The, ground, the groundwork has been laid and, and, and you, you start understanding it. Um, I, I love, there's just so much stuff. Like, I, I love, uh, I think it's in 96, it's uh, Wolverine and Nightcrawler bonding. And it's, 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 it's one of the, you know what it is? I think it's one of the, 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 the back little the pages. Is, is Logan basically telling Kurt not to use the image inducer when he's walking around the town? And uh, yeah. they go into the bar, and then the bar, and, 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 and Logan basically dares him to do it, drop it. And so uh, <laughs> Kirk does it and just, he has a blast. And you just, you get this sense of, you, you get these little moments of the team bonding individually with each other, and you, you, you get why, you know, you, 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 you then get that feeling. So when you get something to something like later on down the line, like a, a Josh Whedon run, and you have, uh, Wolverine, you have Logan looking at, at Hank going like, you don't get to take that shit. You're an X-Men. You don't get to take a cure. Nope. You don't get to. You're an X-Men. You stand for something. You, st- you, yep, may, you stand you mean for, something. Like, it means something. And like, you, you get it. You know, it, it makes sense. And I was like, oh man, so good, so good, so good. Um, let's see. What else do we want to cover before we, get, we, we actually hop into 101? Because like I said, there's, there's a bunch of little moments here. I like the, the bonding. Uh, again, let's let's talk about Storm right now. Let's do the Storm stuff. Right now. Let's do it. The development of Storm puts everything I've ever seen in a movie to fucking shame. It this is, is why we're mad. It is so because Claremont understands some of the things like where she's from. They don't like she was treated like a goddess. She didn't care about clothes. So there are certain times like. Yo, Storm gets naked a lot. And it's not even like Claremont doesn't do it and doesn't have his, his artists do it in a way that's distasteful or something like that you see in like today's comics where you got like wearing like uh you know a string for a bikini or something like that. No, it's always done very tasteful, so you can barely you can tell that she's naked, but like, it's almost off panel and, and it cuts to the other people going it's like like there's that moment where she's talking to Jean and 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 uh, she just takes her clothes off, and Jean's like, "Okay, no, you gotta put, you gotta put clothes on, babe. You gotta, you gotta, <laughs> we gotta do that." There's a time when she goes swimming in the in the mansion pool, and like, <laughs> and Nightcrawler goes to jump in, <laughs> and realizes that Storm is naked, and then jumps out and, and tells all the guys, "Like, you guys can't go in there. You guys can't go in. Got can't go in there." You know, um, her beauty that, it, and it's not done in a, it's not done in a cheap, uh, and and exploitive way. But you can tell some of the other men on the X Men are so infatuated with her and her beauty and how it's, she looks. You know what it is? She is almost like they sometimes portray Diana and Wonder Woman, where yeah. she's just so strong. Like it, it's undeniable the effect that she has on men, like how beautiful she is, like just to everyone. You know how beautiful she is, and it's so. It's one of those things that I. I was trying to think of why people so readily make Storm the Wonder Woman analog for for Marvel, but that's it, really. It's because there's so many parallels to the way the characters are treated, and especially how intelligently they, they can be written. 
And I guess like Carol's late and like Sue's always tied to the Fantastic Four. And even I think the power of this run is that people come into coming to X-Men and say, we need a Storm Solo movie. And you can't point to a Storm story that says he deserves a Solo movie. But you look at your character's hair and you say, oh, you could definitely do one. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's room here for a Storm movie. Like there's, this is the, for every time I've said, what story do you want to tell? The answer is here. Say, don't tell a story, just talk about this person, this version of Storm, this realized, fully fleshed out version of Storm. And that's the power of what Claremont did here because he did it for all the characters so that when these larger events start to happen, their natural human reactions feel weighted and legitimate. And like when, when uh, at one point Wolverine threatens to gut Cyclops and Storm says, don't you ever threaten me like that again or, or I'll deal with you. And it's just like, even in the small characterization up until that point, everything's so consistent. Mm-hmm and so well-rounded. And as we peel back the onions of these characters throughout the run, you see that, like, they asked one of the editors about how Claremont wrote, and he said he would come in with pages and pages of just character descriptions, a backstory of things that are going to be weighty for this character later. Mm-hmm. And you can tell. Like, Storm is, mm-hmm. Storm is written... I, and this is why I go back to saying that... <clears throat> your portrayals and your ideas of these characters came from Claremont. Everybody talks about Storm goes, she's a goddess. That comes from Claremont. She is mm-hmm. written like a goddess. It's not that she, and not just that other people, and I think that's the important piece right here, right? It's not that other people treat her like a goddess because to me that can then come down to, oh, she's just beautiful and that's it. She cares right, 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 herself right. like a goddess. She cares herself in a way where, you know, when, when there, there's, and, and it happens for several times, like, there's a point where um, uh, it's like in between uh, the Phoenix Saga and the Dark Phoenix Saga is the one where uh, the um, Alpha Flight is coming after Wolverine. And so they're right. in, um, I, I think, is it that one or is it? Yeah, it's that one. And, and I think they have to, they have to, they're trying to be inconspicuous, so they have to dress up in clothes. And Storm has to put these clothes on. She's like, I'm very uncomfortable. I like wearing all these clothes. It's like, I don't, what do I need clothes for? It's like, I control the weather. It's like, I'm not going to be cold. Because somebody goes, somebody goes, you need, you need to bundle up because it's cold outside. She's like, I control the weather. I'm not going to be cold. <laughs> Which is a really good point. And, and, so, and, and, so, and so it's not even just, it's, it's not just that, you know, oh, other people see her as a goddess because of what she looks like. It's like, no, she actually is, if you think about it, a goddess. She, she is a weather witch. She controls the weather. So, yeah. Putting clothes on doesn't matter to her because she doesn't feel the atmosphere, the atmosphere around her. You know, if it's she can be naked outside in a blizzard and it would just be, you know, like being on a beach in the Caribbean. Like it's she controls that shit. It doesn't matter. So to her, those things are petty. So there's so many times she'll say things. She's like, you guys have weird customs here. Because, again, it comes back to this, like, you know, she's she's not from here. She, she grew up in Africa. And you get the you, you get the backstory on Storm. You get the backstory mm-hmm. on her character and about her parents dying and all that stuff. Like, all that stuff comes Early and all. Yeah. Like, they go back to that. They, they remind you of it a lot. And I like that. Because, because it, it informs her character. It informs her right. character. So, whenever, anytime, especially anytime she gets trapped, you know, anytime she gets trapped or claustrophobic, that's where that comes from. That's where, and that's also where her strength comes from. And it's like, so it's all there. The fact that, um, and this plays in later on when we get Gambit and, and her Gambit and stuff like that. She's a thief. 
She was on the streets of Cairo as a thief. And so the fact that she keeps lockpicks in, in her tiara. <laughs> she stays ready. She stays ready. So it's like there's a moment when they're, um, who had had them caught? Oh, God. Who was it? Was it, um, God, I can't remember who it was that had them caught. Oh, it was Magneto. Magneto had them caught. And she was trying to get free, but he had left her tiara on. So she keeps bending over to, 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 to reach down and get, um, uh, and knock her tiara off to get her lock pits in there. And at one point, they show her failing because she got her almost, almost lock almost off, and she dropped it. The next point you see, like a couple pages later, you see the X-Men are free and they're all out. And what you find out is, oh, she just started again. Because <laughs> she, she had three lockpicks in there. She got the second lockpick and she was just like, it just took me more energy and more time to do it the second time. You're like, yo, Storm's kind of badass, yo. She could like, <laughs> she can, she can do this. Like, she's not some, she's not just some frail woman that, that you know, that just, that just oh, controls man. the weather, right? She's actually, she can actually take care of herself. Again, she grew up on the streets. That's where this came from. And in a way, when you think about it also, going back to what Claremont does, Claremont pretty much establishes that the first X-Men that, 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 that Charles Xavier ever really meets is technically Storm. He, she's the yeah. one that picked his pockets. And Kyra. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point, yeah. He, she predates Jean. That, right, right. That's the... That's the start, and after that, he then meets the the Shadow King, and like so. But this is that that's the beginning of it. Like Storm is technically the first, the first mutant that that gives him the idea of creating the school and doing this stuff because this little girl picks his pockets and shit. Like it's just, and all this stuff comes with Chris Claremont. Like it's just such a fantastic thing to do, and it's just uh, perfect, perfect, <laughs> perfect. It's so wild to go back and reread it now, like. Anyone's like, I really hope someone says, oh, I've never heard of this. I'm going to give it a shot because they talked about it. But I'll just know that I'm jealous of you because I wish I could read this again for the first time. No, and it's good. And uh, here's the thing. Like, I don't say this more normally about stuff written in the 70s and 80s and things like that, but it's good. Like, it holds up. It holds up really well. I'm going back and I'm rereading the stuff and I'm intrigued and I'm like, yo, this is actually good stuff. I'm, I wish I wasn't speed reading it. I wish I was taking more time to really digest stuff I was reading, but it's it's good stuff. Um so during the Phoenix saga we get uh Stephen Lang, not that Stephen Lang, um and Project Armageddon. Uh and this is what ends up uh it, it brings the he, he's basically another one of those trying to, you know, uh eradicate the mutant kind. Which again Claremont also gets. Claremont also gets that the X Men are constantly, you know, protecting a world that hates them. And but he also makes sure that to show you that some people can see past that. You know, there's several times when when like Kurt Kurt uses the image inducer because he was afraid of you know. Remember Kurt's whole thing is he almost got beat to death by um he, uh, accused of murder and beat to death by a, a crazy um a crazy mob. Mm-hmm. So he's he's always afraid of how people are going to react when they see him. This two-toed demon-tailed having blue blue elf demon, right? Um. But there's some like again in that that moment when he turned the, the image off and he's going off with Wolverine. There's some women that find him attractive and find him cute and they're saying, you know, he's he's a nice gentleman and things like that. Some people see that. there are other people that are like that are like, you know, bigoted about it. Claremont shows you that it's not all just one side. So it's not just a bunch of evil people. There are also 
right some good people but but not in a way that makes it seem like um it's equal on both sides like he definitely leans towards the idea of like there's a lot of people that are prejudiced against the x-men and that's what they use about it but he makes sure to show you that there are other people like there's that one um there's the one story so uh kurt has that there's another story in, in the back with um colossus where he saves this 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 ballerina anya and um they fall in love everything's fine but she didn't she doesn't he doesn't tell her that he's a mutant one time they get attacked he turns in, turn, turns to steel on, and he saves her. But she's so disgusted by, um, by his, by, by him being a mutant that she never calls him again. And 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 that plays in the fact when they go to the Savage Land, and there's a, we, I think we've read this when we did the, the Colossus. Like <laughs> Claremont sneakily puts in the fact that Colossus got a, got a threesome, yeah. <laughs> when he went to Savage, Land. it was like <laughs> cause, cause he got a kid, yo, and a kid, right, 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 right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, he, Wolverine was even like, "Yo, I'm not gonna crave your style, kid. You you will handle it by yourself. They they want you. You go you go do that." <laughs> what are you talking about? What are, what are you talking about, Logan? It's like cool. You gotta remember, this is a bunch of like twenty year olds, and then like cool Uncle Logan. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, mm, nah, I see where this is going. But like, so so so. Teach, they, teach they, they, drink. I'm gonna teach you how to live, son. I'm gonna right. teach you how to live. <laughs> so you get so you get both you get both sides of that, right? You you get this. You get you get some of them experiencing the hate. You get some of them experiencing the acceptance, and you get you get a little bit of both. And so, like, I highly recommend the stories in the back of, of these uh, 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 classic X Men runs because they really do inform the character and give you more more details. But it also shows you that Claremont really understood the X Men and what these uh, the things um, what they do. Um, so yeah, you get Project Armageddon was basically going to be the eradication of all of all mutant kind, and. This is another thing I have with, at least, actually, no, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say both times because I've seen the early um, 14 minutes of Dark Phoenix, and so I know how um, <laughs> I, I know I know how Gene bonds with the um, the Phoenix Force. The way they do it in the comics is so much better because Gene literally had his life sucked out of her to save save the team. She. For the most part, right. she dies, which then brings in a realization of why it's called the Phoenix Force because she literally rises from the dead. Because she dies, Jean dies. She dies trying to save the rest of the X Men who are trying to. Who, after they stop Stephen Lang and then Project Armageddon, they are um, being uh, they're racing towards Earth, and and she she saves them and she bonds with this 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 Phoenix Force. That brings her back to life. And the reason why it's important that we say that she died is because that's what Jean feels. She died. She knows she dies. And that informs this character going forward through the rest of this arc with, up to the Dark Phoenix. Her dying is part of the point. When Jean does not die, and you just bond her with the Phoenix because you just want to see that the, the, the flaming Phoenix, and that's all you care about, you missed the point that she died, and from this moment on, she struggles not just with the power inside of her, but also with the fact that she died. Yes. That's important. It's a very, very important piece, and it's why when you don't put it there, the, and then you try to recreate this stuff, it fails. It fails. You know? So, I don't know. That's, that's one of the things I, 
one of the many things that drives me crazy about all this stuff. It's just how they, in a, in a way, you kind of neuter the Phoenix Force and what it and, and what that bonding with with Jean does. Because everybody, they they immediately go to she bonded. Oh, okay, she's the Dark Phoenix. They immediately go there, but the Phoenix Saga, just her becoming the Phoenix uh, and bonding with the Phoenix. It's only issues 108 to 101 to 108. The Dark Phoenix Saga starts at 129. You have 21 issues. You have 21 issues. And even then, even then, I, it, it doesn't really start. Her, her turn to Dark Phoenix doesn't start in 29. So it's like, you get more than that. You have over 21 issues. Explaining yeah. how this turn happens, and so and they the want comic, to make it so fast. They want to make it happen, like you said, in a movie. It's honestly, honestly, to do it right, you do it the MCU way, which is you start with the X Men and, and Iron Man one, and then by the time you get to Endgame, that's when you have Dark Phoenix. Because then it would make it's sense. Good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm laughing because you're so right. It needs to be that long. It needs to be that protracted. Because so much stuff happens in between here. You know? You have, you have so many other things that happen. So many other bonding happens. Like, the big piece being, like, so in between this. So after the, 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 the bonding with the Phoenix Force and they try to stop uh, the neutron force uh, inside of the, the MCON crystal. Uh, that, and that's when, that's when you see the two forces. That, that's actually the first time you see the Dark Phoenix, right? Because you get that. You get, you, you get uh, Jean rejecting the Dark Phoenix side because she's bonding with, with her, her love and compassion with the, with, with the light Phoenix, right? So she bonds with that. She still has his, the power of a god, and she has all this power inside, but it's still got this, like, this, this dampener on it, right, at that point. Um, where things start to slide is when they come face-to-face with Magneto. There's this whole thing where... And, and here's the other thing, too. So... The importance of the fact that even after she's bonded with the Phoenix Force, Jean is holding most of the power at bay is important because that's actually how, uh, what was it? Was it Ms. Mesmero? Or who was it that uh, took all the X-Men and, and put them into the, um, the circus? Oh. Arcade? No, it wasn't Arcade. I want to say it's Mesmero. Probably Mesmero then. Yeah, I think it's Mesmero. Um, and um, the 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 reason why that's important, yeah, is Mesmero. The the reason why that's important is he was only able to to hypnotize Jean, even though she has all this power, because Jean basically tried to turn her powers off and turn her telepathy off because it was too much. So it kind of dropped her right. guard. And so and that's important because Jean dropping the guard and dropping her guard on the Phoenix Force is what lets. Uh, Mesmero get into him, and then it's also then later on leads to Mastermind getting in, which takes us down this whole path of the Dark Phoenix. Right. You know? And so that's important. So you have to show that. You have to show that it's, you know, Gene struggling. Otherwise, to- otherwise you have to lean on this crutch of this super powerful force got tricked by a bad guy twirling a mustache in the course of one hour. Right. Or worse, that it's always been inside of her and she doesn't know how to control it and no, it's really about no. It's not about any of that. It's not about any of that. The, the Phoenix Force is protecting Gene. 
for most of the time. But when, when she's got all this stuff and all this hate building up on her, and the big one comes after this. So after the, after they, uh, the X-Men are, are trapped by Mesero, who actually saves them is actually Magneto. Because during this whole right. time, you know, Magneto has also been reformed as an adult. Because at one point, the X-Men were keeping him as a, as a baby. Because also in the background, this whole thing is the Hellfire Club is running a long con as well. Because I, I forgot to mention, during, before all of this, the people working with Stephen Lang are also the Hellfire Club. They're all there. The Hellfire Club is off this entire thing. So when you think Hellfire Club, you think Dark Phoenix, you think, oh, 129. I think even when they, they officially list on, on Wikipedia, the official um, appearance, first appearance of the Hellfire Club is 129. No, 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 no. Hellfire Club is mentioned almost early on. It's it mentioned way early in, in, in um, Claremont's run. Way early in there. Now, as, a, as villains with, like, the, you know, maybe not the villains you know of, Maybe I'd give you 129. But before then, they were operating way before then, and you see them in the background. You see them there. You see, uh, you, you never, because I think also 129 is technically the first appearance of Sebastian Shaw, but you have mention of Shaw before then. You know, you have um, Mastermind, as I think Mastermind is the Black Knight. You know, you have all these characters there. Later on, you get um, Tom Cassidy, you find like Tom Cassidy and Juggernaut. Um, uh, are, are working for uh, Eric the Red, but is also in contact with Stephen Lang and all these other, like all these things are working together, right? So, right. Um, anyway, Magneto, who has been reformed as as, as an adult, um, which is such a, still a great complicated thing to say. Yeah, it really is. Uh, he uh, attacks the X Men and decides he's going to take down the X Men uh, by himself, take them to his 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 lair that's literally under a volcano that's down in the Antarctic. Um, and he's going to defeat the X-Men by himself. Um, and long story short, X-Men break free as they always do. Magneto escapes, but the X-Men get split up and they're trapped under the, um, the mountain and the, the magma. Beast and, and Jean escape one way. The rest of the X-Men escape the other way. Both sides think the other is dead, though. Oh, I also mentioned, I forgot to mention at this point, Charles Xavier has also gone back to Leandro uh, is in, running around space with Leandra in uh, the Shi'ar Empire. So, because it was time he had shit to, I, I can't make excuses for Chuck. They had this bond. They, you know what it is? The um, the the extra story in the back from Claremont wrote on that one. It, it actually does explain their bond a little bit more. The like it's it's this if you if you had this soulmate you've never met because you bonded with them. Over to, over this mental connection, so it kind of sounds like sense. Uh, this sounds like DMs getting flown out, man. You no, know, you know, it does. Well, you know what's funny about that? Then there's the backstory about how Charles felt so stupid because he's li- he's literally unremarkable in space. Like he goes to Throne World with with um, uh, Leandra, and he's he's tired of being treated like he basically tired of being treated like like he treats the X Men. As a child, <laughs> you know, and so he like there's there's this whole story that kind of has him getting over that shit and everything like that. But he just found it funny because he feels so out of place. Because it's like on Earth, Charles Xavier is the big shot, right? Charles Xavier is a leader of the X Men. Charles Xavier can read people's mind and can do all this stuff. In space, he's just a Terran in a wheelchair. Yeah, sure, he has his power, but shit, Terran with no legs. Yeah, you're Terran with no legs. It's like what the fuck, you know? You know, it's just, it's just who the fuck are you, right? Um, but. But this split of Cyclops and the rest of the new X-Men 
off and they end up in the Savage Land and then Beast and 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 Gene off and 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 Char- so Charles leaves because he thinks that Gene and 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 Beast are the only X Men left. So he's like shuts the school down. They, he goes off to space with Leandra and 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 Gene goes off to you know explore and find herself, leaving her open because she's dealing with the loss of love of her life. And that right. another thing that piles on to the other things she's already dealing with. She's gotten this power. You know, this is, and all this stuff is happening soon after she gets the power. She's gotten no real time to talk. She's gotten really no real time to kind of, you know, um, embrace this power, even understand, understand the power that's even inside understand of her. understand it, really. Yeah. Right. So there's none, none of that there. And so that leaves herself open and, you know, Mastermind starts working on her and giving, and, and using these, his, his, his uh, delusions to, to, to form this bond and this love with her as Jason uh, Weingart, you know, and, and at the same time, you have Scott and the rest of the X-Men off doing all these other, other adventures, which uh, that is the one thing I did find kind of weird. It's like, yo, Scott and them are doing a lot of shit. You mean to tell me nobody realized the X-Men are out there? <laughs> like, they are doing a lot of Scott's fucking, been very busy. They are very fucking busy. None of this made the news. But, but, but at the same time, even like Wolverine like, is like, yo, you're not even going to cry for the woman you love? I will say this. Claremont does a better job of explaining Cyclops' frame of mind than anybody else. He's not a pushover. He's not a Boy Scout. You know? He's a leader trying to struggle the whole thing together. And, and yeah. at some point when Charles Xavier comes back, Cyclops is like, basically, like, you've been around. You don't know how to run this team. I do. I've been doing it. I know what I'm doing. You know? And and Charles kind of uh, 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 resents him for that. You get uh, Scott and Colleen Wing start a relationship. You know, as all this stuff is happening in between, so all this stuff builds up together, and then you get the Proteus saga. Because again, when, <sighs> which which again, the way this is set up, because it get, that gets set up before the Phoenix saga, that gets yeah. set up. When, when, when um, Eric the Red and them attack uh, and on, on, um, on Mir Island. He have it in right. Oh, of course, yeah. Right, and, 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 and they free uh, Magneto, and, 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 and uh, Mutant X accidentally gets out. All that, and, it, and that, you forget about that shit. And then it comes back. Like, Claremont did a really good job of setting up things that didn't matter until many issues later on. It's um, so they said that one of the editors said he would uh, when he got stuck on what was right next, he would just go back and look at the last twenty issues and see the things he hadn't touched on yet. I mean, it makes sense. He was it was like you and I you and I celebrate writers leaving threads from the next writer. Mm-hmm. He left he was leaving threads for himself. <laughs> you could tell, you could tell. It's like all these things would just pop up in there, and you would see it, you know, thrown in there. So you get. Proteus and, and the son of uh, Mora and Joseph McTaggart and um, again putting the team through the paces putting the team through the ringer um, you also get finally get the com- combination of the two teams back together so you get Beast and then Charles Xavier and then eventually Gene realizing that, each, uh, the, that the, other, the other X-Men are alive and coming back mm-hmm. together you know and um, it's 
it's it's kind of awkward because you know Jean has all these powers and she can tell that you know Scott has been with Colleen and and she's mentioned and when she and when Scott first runs up on her she says the name Jason you know like it's never good when you run by your girl after not seeing her for like a for a little bit and she calls you by a different name not a great sign not a good sign not a good sign <clears throat> um and um yeah, but I mean, they end up taking the Proteus down and things move on. But again, you, you've got th- this entire time, you've got this constant reminder that, and every now and then throughout the Proteus socket, even, you have Jason Wingard, you have him or his other delusions working on Jean where she thinks she's in like the, what is it, like the 1800s or something like that? Like she's, she, yeah. she, she like this whole thing. I mean, just, so she'll, she'll be going around the corner to take, and all the next thing you know, she's like in this fancy dress and she's, talking and she's she's with the man that she loves jason and she's like i'm so confused at how this stuff got there like he's he's working on her com, com constantly which is why i go back to it's like if you just read 129 and 138 you're missing at how you got to that point it makes it seem like right. oh wow it was so easy how could you how could you convince uh the the most powerful being in the world by this by this dude mastermind like, how did the fuck did that work it's like because he's been working on her for 30 fucking issues she, and, she's, yeah. and she was weak. He even says at one point, he's like, I've never come across a, streak, a stronger mind, but also a weaker mind. Because she has been on this, she has all this self-doubt. She has all the stuff she's going into. And because she's trying to maintain this power, there's times when she's like, there's, there's another like, little back issue where it's her and um, Moira talking. And she's basically, oh, let me see if I can find Because it. it was so good. It was basically her just talking about how she, um, she doesn't even know she's human anymore. You know, and yeah, there's there's so much to go through for that, and you don't know. And 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 um, so to go into mastermind, like there was the, there was a, there was a, he he came to her as a priest. There was this dude Nico, like he keeps molding her into what he wants her to be. Um, yeah, here we go. Here here's the thing with it, Gene. She's like, sometimes I can't help but thinking I should have died on that shuttle. Resurrection is good. It, uh, resurrection is for God. We humans should leave well enough alone. And what was the point? I saved the X-Men so that they could die a few months later? Thanks a lot. Scott used to say I was his window on the normal world with me. He could try to touch feelings. He spent ha- a lifetime trying, locking away to keep himself from being hurt. But he was my anchor as well. And I never more so than after this. My change, his strength, his love, reminded me, reinforced what it meant to be human. Without him, yeah. And that's what it is. It's like, Jean lost her anchor. She thinks that she thinks that Scott's dead. So all of this stuff matters. The, the X Men being thought to be dead, and 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 that again, like she said, she got all this power. She got the power of a god to save herself and save the X Men, only for them to die again. As far as she knows, die a few months later. Like Jean's going through it. She's barely holding on. It's it's a reminder right here that this isn't superhero comics. This is Shakespeare. Yeah. Like it's just, and it's something I talked about. I forget. I think maybe in game, one of the reviews we talked about how the best storytelling keeps you in the door with the super, keeps you with the man, and that's what this run does. And if you've got a favorite X Men, guess what? They're your favorite X Men because of the characterization they received during the stretch. Logan, Gene, Scott, Aurora, Pete, Kurt, Kitty. It all comes from this little window right here we're talking about. It's crazy how influential one writer can be. 
mm-hmm. given, I guess, 17 years. Mm-hmm. And you get, and you get, you get Jean struggling with this because the Phoenix is giving her the powers of a God. It's giving her the powers to creation. It says at one point the Phoenix comes out and it says, but, but you offer, O oh man, what I already possess for I am Phoenix. Now and forever, the power of creation is mine. Through me, the circle remains unbroken. With me comes the end that is itself at a new beginning. Mine is the fire that consumes, yet from its ashes brings forth new life. You know? And then this Gene struggling with the fact that Phoenix is, no, that's not what I want. Phoenix is a name, nothing more. I am a human being. I am Gene Gray. You know? And then you have here, you have, you have Mastermind saying, Lord, love, love a duck. Poor darling psyche is more fragile than I imagined. What is more good fortune than I ever hoped for where the Jean Grey's corruption because of my total victory over the X-Men. And make no mistake, my sweet beauty, you will be mine. Sooner than, than, than you suspect, far more easily than you can dream possible because you see in, the, in your heart and soul, you are already the Black Queen. It's just like, it's, it's a systematic takedown of, of Jean when she's at her most vulnerable. And none of the None of the portrayals, live-action portrayals of, 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 of Gene and the Phoenix do that. It always comes down to the idea of, of, of Professor X locking away her powers and afraid of what she can become. And, or she's bond- like, it, just, it never gets to the fact that, you know, the power was a power for good. It was a power that was born out of love. That love got corrupted when she thought the love of her life was dead. And that she couldn't use that power. Mm-hmm. To so then we get into the, the, the Dark Phoenix song. And we're and like I said, there's a lot of here, so we're skipping over a lot of stuff. But trust me, some of the stuff we'll probably come back to because we're going to continue talking about Claremont stuff. So we'll probably have to come back and talk about some of these other threads, some of these characters here. But like I said, it's it's just it's so hard to talk about this stuff because there's so much character development for all of these characters. This isn't like even though we're we're focusing on Gene here right now because it's the Phoenix Saga, so obviously you got to focus on Gene. But every character in this in this arc is 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 expanded on. There's one where there's a little, there's one where uh, Colossus goes back home. You know, um, uh, Aurora takes him back home for, for a bit, and he has to deal with the fact that he, he can never go back home again because his, his, the, the people he grew up with feel like he abandoned them in their war. Again, going back to the idea of Marvel Comics always taking from the world around you, they bring up the fact that mm-hmm. the, the Russians have fought the Mujahideen, and, you know, his, 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 Friends and family, some of them died because they were they were fighting. They got drafted to the war, and and Peter was off on the other side of the world, running around with Westerners. Um, you get uh, Alpha Alpha Flight coming to try to take Wolverine. Bad idea, but they come and do that. You know, <laughs> it's 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 all the stuff. Thus, setting himself up for a long, very future being the jobbers of the MCU. Right, poor right. Alpha Flight. <laughs> I feel bad for them because it was a job they didn't want to take, but the job they had to. So, ah, boy, so bad, so bad, so bad. But um, but yeah, everybody gets everybody gets a character development. But this is this is really Gene's story, right? Um, yeah. so 129 starts, and I believe this is the first appearance of Kitty Pride. And soon to be our eyes into the X-Men because she's now going to be the youngest member of the X-Men going forward. Because you got to remember, at this point, and that's the difference between this team and the, and the old team, the team weren't kids. They weren't kids. Right. Um, 
and it goes back to what happens in that Josh Whedon run where Kitty tells, you know, Emma, it's like, you know, uh, my first time meeting you, you, you tried to kidnap me in the X-Men. When I, when I picture evil, I don't have to give him an abstraction. I just think of your face. Yeah. And she's not wrong. <laughs> it's like, Emma, Emma, it's a bad first, it's a bad first impression. A bad first impression. Also, there's a, there's a really good, um, okay, before we get into this, there's a really good, um, uh, another little backstory with uh, Emma Frost in there. It's because um, she's, she's in the white, she's in the, the, the Hellfire Club and they're, they're wearing these, you know, you'd see wear the, the skimpy outfit she always wears, right? And Claremont actually had a good excuse, a good reasoning for it because uh, one of the girls is there, I don't know what her name was, was there and she's, she's, she's upset. She's like, don't you think it's sexist that we have to wear these for these men they glare at them? So Emma says, but when I wear, the, wear it, it cheapens them. Let, let me explain a few things about sexism, girl. It's all in what you use it for. The Hellfire, Club re- the Hellfire Club reeks of desire, ambition for success, and world domination. But it's really about personal domination. My clothes are my battle armor. I dress to go to war. Looks and body are weapons on par with a man's fist. I'm, doing, I'm going to do battle now. You may come watch as you serve drinks, but you will not see much. Uh, with, uh, as, with, as with the samurai, one look tells who is a superior fighter. The best sword stays in their scabbards. Like, you get the understanding of where Emma comes from. Even if you don't agree with it, you get what, what right. Emma says. She basically uses her, her sex appeal to disarm the men and uses their sexism against them. And when you look at how Emma acts and, what Emma, and the, the characterization of Emma going from this point on, that's a characterization that pretty much stays with it. It, it pretty much... It's, it's, that, that characterization of Emma hasn't really changed. Um... And that comes from Claremont. It just does. Um, and um, yeah. So you want to get into the Dark Phoenix? Ooh, buddy. So if people say, you know, comics don't have stakes or comics don't take stances. Where do you stand when your friend kills a star? Five billion people. Like... You kill one person, you're a monster. You kill 20 who you're a serial killer. You kill a million people, you're a king. You kill a billion people, are you a goddess? <laughs> and at that point, if your friend is a goddess and proves to be not exactly a benevolent one, what the fuck do we do now? Because I know that you could make some hay out of the X-Men taking her side on this one, and they're not the rightest people on the whole thing. But also, it's like, we have to say we were with her. She killed five billion fucking people. Because she was hungry. Bruh. Hung- hungry for experience. Mm-hmm. So basically what happens after, after uh, you get the, we're keeping over the, the Hellfire Club stuff. Because we, we kind of covered that before. We covered that with both Kitty Pride and Wolverine. Um, with that. But we know what happens after that. But, but that experience is what the final straw that breaks. Gene and breaks the dark breaks her down the path of Dark Phoenix, and why? Because she love was used to to love is what the Phoenix used at first when it bonded with 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 Gene. In this case, love is the thing that was allowed to let Gene be manipulated to hurt other people, so that then lets in the Dark Phoenix persona that you first see back in that I think one oh eight. They don't, they don't really talk too much about it. You don't really think too much about it. 
But you see the Dark Phoenix then. You see it. She's faced with a Light Phoenix and a Dark Phoenix. She's faced with that and, and that issue. And um, she gives in. And she's no longer yeah. in. And she takes off in the space and she consumes a star without any kind of understanding of that the, that the, the, the surrounding planets around it are inhabited. And if she consumes that star, it's going to kill 5 billion, billion people. And she does. And then when a, when a Shi'ar uh, Imperial destroyer sh- confronts her, she destroys them too. So now again, what do you do? You're the X-Men. What do you do to save Jean? She's my friend. She's not my friend, friend. But she is. Like we said, the important thing that Karma always understood, this is a family. Yeah. At th- and, 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 and at this point, they've, they, they've, they've established the family. At this point, Gene mm-hmm. has done the legwork. They've done the legwork. So at this point, it would like if this was the original X Men, you'd be like, "Of course they're going to back her, right? Of course they're going to back there." They they grew up with her. They grew up in this. Here though, it's like the same thing. It's like Gene is the rest of the X Men left. Cyclops stayed back, and Gene left too. But Gene came back. Gene came back and stayed integrated with the team. She and even when she wasn't on the team, she reached out the storm. She still hung out with them. She still opened her arms. It wasn't like with Bobby who got upset and turned into a little child because, you know, the, the new guys were in. He, was, he felt threatened. No, Gene opened they her took arms. took his room or some shit. Yeah, took, <laughs> took his room and went home. Like, Gene, Gene reached out. Gene opened her arms. Gene, Gene went out on the town and, 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 and helped Storm, and they became sisters. Like, she, you know, she became close with people like, you know, uh, Kurt and, 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 and Colossus. And we had the whole thing with Wolverine, the whole thing with L- Logan. They accepted early on that, you know, she is attracted to Logan. You know, it's not a one-way thing. Yeah, he's, he's rough around the edges and, and forward and things like that. And that is definitely Scott's girl. But when Logan comes around, there's a possibility, right? <laughs> it's there. So th- this is not just some stranger. They, they back their, and they don't think about it. They agree to, to fight for their friend. The X-Men take on the Shi'ar in, in, in a duel, and if they survive, then Jean gets to go with them. Because they say that, um, Jean said that she's able, she was able to beat back the, 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 the Phoenix and control it, and the Shi'ar are like, we don't trust you, which is the right response, <laughs> by the way. Again, she killed 5 billion people. She killed 5 billion people. Just saying. I, I, I think you, you can let them slide. Um, but it ends with Jean basically sacrificing herself. She sacrifices herself so that the X Men, um, can 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 survive. And so, it 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 in a way it ends how it began because Jean. Um, Jean, Jean tried to say when she first bonded with the, um, when she first bonded it with was, the, yeah, you're right. It's a full circle thing. Cause it goes from, sorry, I, I was talking, but I was on mute. Yeah. Um, she goes and she goes, she did, she, the entire decision was to save her friends. Mm-hmm. And when she ends up on the blue area of the moon versus the, the Imperial guard in this trial by fire, this trial by combat, her friends know she's wrong. Her friends know that 
she's done these things, but they, they don't believe that it's these outsiders right to kill her. And Jean gets this moment of prescience where she says, you've got to destroy him. You've got to do it now. And Scott can't. And when you rush it in the movies, it's hard to try to explain this moment. But in the comments, where, like you said, the window to Dark Phoenix was open because of the loss of the love of her life. Mm-hmm. And here he is saying, in return, I can't destroy you. And she knows that he has to. She, has, she cannot live. It'll end up killing her friends if she stays. So like you said, one more time, she, she takes the hit for the team. Wolverine said the same thing. Wolverine, at one point, because we forgot to mention this. Um, there's other, a couple other things that Claremont gave us that are just great. He gave us a fast, fastball special several times. It's not just yeah. one time. It's so, he gives us a fastball special so many times that in the, the Dark Phoenix saga, he reverses it because they're, un, and they're in space, and um, <laughs> Logan throws Peter. <laughs> and he throws her, he throws Peter at, at um, Gene, because Gene, because Logan was like, I had an opportunity to kill Jean before. I couldn't do it. I love her. I can't do it. I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself. Yeah. If you give me another opportunity. So it has to be you. It can't be me. Um, he also gives us another great, great thing that we, you know, they actually did do this in the X-Men movies. And it is one of the great things. And again, it comes from Claremont. Um, Nightcrawler being able to punch and teleport at the same time. So he teleports, punches, mm-hmm. and t- like doing the multiple, taking out multiple people like, by teleporting quickly in quick succession came from Cla- Claremont, you know? So, and, 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 in order to write, write this up. So you drew this up. So it was great, you know, so. Um, but yeah, Jean, Jean, Jean does the sacrifice play. Again, she does the same the first time, and this time she does it again, because that's what, that's what family does. You sacrifice for each other. And Jean does the ultimate sacrifice. So. Oh, boy. It's so, it's so wild how well this holds up today. It, it, yeah, yeah. It's crazy to me. I, I was reading through it going like, this is good. And, and then I go, you guys have now tried two movies. How did you not read this? <laughs> was no one read it yet. It's right there. It's, it's, you don't make an X-Men movie around the powers. You make an X-Men movie around the people. You know? That's like, crazy talk, Chris. It's, it, well, it's, it, it's so crazy because so much of the x so, so every single one of those little extra 12 issues, 12, 12, 12 um, pages that the Claremont did in, in, in the classic X-Men runs, that's what they're, all there are. Every single one of them is, is breaking down the X-Men to their core and, and, and making it about the people. Every single one of them. One of the ones, and we've, I know we covered this before because we read it. I want to say it's classic X-Men 12. It's the one with um, Magneto, where you find out about Magneto and what happened to his family. Um, yeah. When he left, and and so, and then when he goes and say, and, and there's another where where his family, his child wasn't wasn't saved from the burning, from the burning building, and his wife left him. Magna left him, like, but then he wakes up and he finds out there's another fire and there's a woman and a child there, and he goes and saves them. He basically tells her, "It's like, yo, the terror when it was Magneto that saved you, the terrorist, the mutant, you know, tell them it was me. I saved you, you know, I just." Like it, that was it, it, it breaks down the care. And so you understand them so much. This is where you get that Magneto going. No, Magneto's not a bad guy. Yeah, he's, a, he's a bad guy, but he's supposed to understand. You, you start understanding Magneto. You start understanding these characters better, right? You get it. 
you understand Wolverine and Logan and where he comes from and why he is the way he is. You know, you you understand why Kurt would 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 have a problem walking around and and how people look at him and feel about him. Peter, you have how Peter is and and, and Peter's relationship with women after after Anya leaves him and how he feels he's afraid of showing his true self because they might leave him. You know, it's just right. all of this stuff, like all of this stuff there. Aurora and 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 you see. Like in this, you see how she will become eventually become the leader of the X Men. You see, oh for sure, you see it's it's he we have sets up everything that comes up next in our next couple podcasts really well here, and we'll come yeah. we'll end up coming back to these books because of the seeds that are planted. Yeah, yeah, I, it's it's all seated there because it's like you see it, you see Storm being being um growing into her own and 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 taking sides and and. And doing some things that even Scott himself wasn't doing, which is Storm starts bonding with the, her team members better than, than Scott does. Which will then come down later in line when she's going to be leading the X-Men. Well, it makes sense. It's like mm-hmm. she took the time in to, to, to find out about them and talk to them, you know, and, and bond with them. And so, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's oh, boy. This, this is such a great thing. Such a great run, man. And I can't, like you, I can't believe it. I, I can't I, I I can't believe it um it still holds up. It's not just like it holds up so well, particularly even with us knowing how everything ends or where the story ends up, just seeing him lay the, the pieces for where the story's going to go, it's really impressive. Yeah, this is log form Tory Torrent telling at his best. For sure. At his best. And um I'm I'm really excited to see where we go from this and, 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 and how, how we move on. So, um, anything else you want to cover in this one, man? We did pretty good. We kept it under an, about just about just over an hour. <laughs> I, this is the, like, like black crap run itself. This is the beginning and they're going to build from here. And when you open with the Phoenix saga, it's pretty, pretty ballsy. Yeah. Like he comes out and that's really the first story he tells. Well, it's not even just pretty ballsy, but it goes back to the, it's pretty ballsy from Marvel to begin with. Remember, they they started this with X Men Giant Size Number One when they completely reshuffled the entire team. Because honestly, this is the X Men, and this is the run that gets the X Men selling. This is what makes mm-hmm. the X Men the big. This is what if you if you know about the X Men, this is the run that does it. They were okay before this point. But the idea with that first team was to, to sell toys and to sell merchandise and to try to try to get international sales. Because I don't know, well, they're, not, they're selling okay, but not like well, not selling like Spider Man. You know, how can we improve that? This is this is this is the run that does it. This is the run that gets to this point, and when we get we get we get Chris Claremont who ends up co-writing X Men number one in nineteen ninety one. It's still like the fastest selling comic of all time. Right. And he eventually left almost immediately thereafter because of grave differences, but to get it to that point. Mm-hmm. Like this is the this is what we get. This is the this is the X-Men. This is this is oof boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm both excited that we started this, but I'm also afraid because that means we gotta we're committed to it and that means we gotta keep going. 
I'm good. No, I'm good for the commitment, but I'm gonna, I'm sad because it's gonna be madder in a movie I'm not gonna watch. So I'm not watching Dark Phoenix. Yeah, you're. But I'm gonna get madder and madder by its very existence. As you should. As you should. Um, but this is this. But th- again, you guys read this. You guys listen to this podcast. You will now understand why a better understanding of why we hate the, hate what they've done, what Fox did with the X Men before. Um, and also goes back to. I mean, honestly, I. I trust Marvel Studios, uh, Marvel Studios, and I'm glad that Feige's underneath them. But I also think that I'm I'm pretty much okay with um, them taking their time, um, because uh, to get it right, you really need to you re- you need to put the work in. You can't just do what Fox did, which is just grab some characters, throw them on screen, and call them the X Men. That's not enough. Right. That's not that's not what the X Men are. You need. You need the character development. You need to put the work and you need to put the time in to make it understanding. So, yeah. So. Um, yeah, so there you guys have it. Uh, I'm frustrated all over again with these movies now. This is going to ruin those movies for you, for real, for real. Yes. Trust me, I just finished, almost finished watching Page of Future Pass. And... Hey, did you find the bad guy yet in that movie? It's Magnetic Oh. I'm saying Magnetic Yeah, there isn't. There isn't. That's that's one of the biggest problems with that stupid fucking movie. The bad guy's time? It's all very strange. It's... It's all very strange. So... It got made, which is very strange. We... We... Yeah. We need to do so much better. Anyway, folks, there you guys have it. That is our character corner on the X-Men Claire myself. Uh, again, um, you can listen to us, uh, Spotify, uh, iTunes, character corner, guys. We're going to get some stuff in there. Um, we're probably going to do, um, instead of going, to, we're going to try to, we're going to try to keep our every other going for this. And I definitely do think, I believe, um, uh, June is pride month. So we're going to try to get, uh, it, it'll either be a bonus episode or maybe it'll just be his own flat out episode. I don't know yet. And we're going to talk about uh, some of the LGBTQ characters across uh, across comics. So we'll do uh, some of the DC ones. We'll do some of the Marvel ones, even some of the ones that we've seen in Image and other comics there. Um, I think that'll be a fun one. I don't know how we're going to lay that one out. We might. I don't want to just mention the characters, but we'll we'll figure something out with that. We'll we'll get that one out probably hopefully in a in a, in a few weeks uh, to celebrate that month and um, we'll go from there. So. Again, folks, thank you guys very much for listening, and until next time, we are out of here. Peace.